0: Ready whenever you are. Ready?
1: Well, we got a lot going on in DC sports. No shortstop for the Nationals. The bullpen continues to suck. Everyone hates Ernie Grunfeld. The Kirk Cousins saga is less than a month away from D Day. Will he get a long term deal? But, Nick. No baby yet.
0: What is taking so long? I don't understand how some babies can come so early and some babies are just like, nah, I'm gonna sit in here and simmer a little while longer. The
1: human body is uh, is an interesting it's thing. So weird, yeah. Man. It is. Uh, well, so,
0: so does this mean that you're gonna have like an eight foot tall baby because <laughs> it just keeps simmering it's inside just cooking and up. just keeps waiting?
1: I guess it's just just sitting in there cooking and getting bigger. Um, everyone. <laughs> Uh, A a former colleague of ours came, uh, saw me the other day and said, "Okay, let me look at a picture of your wife. And I showed her a picture and she said, oh, yeah, it's definitely a boy. And then she said, and now that the baby is late, the old wives tale is that boys want to stay with their mom as long as possible while girls are ready to get out. And then uh, the other wives' tale is that girls take the beauty away from the woman, and that's not the case with a boy. So we don't know. We still are in the dark. Nobody knows if it's a boy or a girl. Um, but I keep leaning more and more that it's going to be a boy when the day comes. But you know, we we'll it's,
0: it's funny. Through all the this like i've tried to remember multiple times whether you told me if it was a boy or a girl <laughs> and then i re- would remember oh that's right they don't want to know till it actually happens so that to me makes this even harder like you're waiting forever i know you don't even know if it's a boy or a girl so do you have stuff like bought like how do you how do you do that if you don't know if it's girl or boy and you'd like clothes and like the room how does that work
1: well the room has been done for a while uh it is uh, a light gray with uh okay. white tree decals it, they're pretty cool and then they've got okay. these owls so it, it's pretty unisex a boy or a girl could live in there I, I think you know <laughs> technically a baby
0: can live in whatever yeah. you know you can decorate the room you want they don't know so
1: <laughs> and, and and honestly I mean we've got it all done and the cribs made and everything's ready but it's a little bit overrated. Not that you have a whole lot of time on your hands when the baby arrives, so I'm told. Yeah. But yeah. the baby doesn't sleep in his or her room for a while. They sleep in your room. So, like, the baby's probably going to be in our room for a couple of months, if not oh, more. Oh, you're,
0: you're going to be sleeping even less. I know. It's going to be unbelievable. So, yeah, you'll, we will keep you
1: updated on, uh, on Baby Watch. But we went to the doctor the other day and, you know. All the old wives tales, like, we, you know, we talk about what sex it is and then how to get the baby out. Lots of walks. Uh, the spicy food Think I think, has been debunked. But, yeah, we're just – another person said, make a lot of plans, you know. Make sure you've got a lot of things on the <laughs> schedule so – the baby, So you're just busy, and then maybe the baby will just, just arrive. If you're sitting yes. around, it's not going to you know, come out. So, yeah, we're trying to make as many plans as possible. We we kind of assumed, Nick, that the baby would be here by July 4th, so we didn't make any plans. So now we're kind of scrambling. We're like, hey, uh, what you guys doing? You guys want to hang out? You want to go out to dinner? I'm going
0: to be in Chicago if you want to come hang out <laughs> in Chicago with
1: me. So. I know. We, uh, everyone in our family is uh is going to the beach and where we live in annapolis it's about a two hour drive without traffic and of course there'll be tons of traffic but we're like yeah it would be great to go to the beach but we're just thinking like that would be so um irresponsible knowing that we would have to drive two hours back to get to the hospital so
0: right yeah that would be i think at this point you just should sit you should wait and the key for you is get have about like five IPAs that you really like. Yeah. And then the baby will definitely show Yikes. up and you're going to have to drive your wife to the hospital. So then you'll have to call an ambulance or you have to call an Uber instead. And it's going to be really awkward because you're going to be like, hey, Uber driver, go really fast. I can't drive because I had a few beers. And, oh, by the way, my wife's about to pop, so you got to go.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's always been – that's been on my mind lately too. I'm like – you know, I went to the beer store the other day and I got – they they've luckily had my favorite beer. Uh, it's called Lunch by Main Beer Company. It's so it's so rare down here, and they, they had it on tap, and I had my growler, and I'm like, man, all right, I can drink this, but don't drink the whole thing, because what <laughs> if my wife goes into labor?
0: I could drink this, but this could get bad.
1: All right, let's get into a couple sports topics. I cannot wait to hear your thoughts on the Phil Jackson saga. I know it's it's poking at the at the scab that you have as a Knicks fan. Uh, but but I have been pissed off by the Phil Jackson situation, so I can only – I can't wait to hear from you. We'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, the Nationals, as you know from experience, they always find ways to fire me up. And, man, the Trey Turner – look, I, I think we've all become numb to the bullpen blunders, and I didn't tweet it out, so I can't take credit for it, Nick. But watching Thursday's game against the Cubs when they led 2-1 to – I just felt like you know what, the bullpen's pitched well lately. We're in we're in store for a good bullpen meltdown. Lo and behold, ninth inning comes around. You get the first out. You start hitting people, and the Nats bullpen blows it again. The sixth time they have blown a game when leading after eight innings. But the big story is Trey Turner, and this is this is big. And fortunately for the Nats, they're in the NL East, which is just which is awful. And that, that's good for them. But, you know, this is another situation, Nick, where Mike Rizzo going into the trade deadline had one thing on his mind, right? It's I've got to fix this bullpen. And now do they have to go after a shortstop? Do they have to go after some, something else to help solidify this lineup? Because now think back to April. You lose Adam Eaton, who's your number two hole hitter. And now you lose Trey Turner. We don't know how long. Hopefully he will be back. At some point in August or September. But man, this is a huge blow because not only is he your leadoff guy, he was playing incredible this past month. He leads the uh, majors in stolen bases, had a four stolen base game against the Cubs. It, this is a huge, huge hit uh, for the Nationals. And, you know, their, their saving grace has been their lineup. And now, no Trey Turner atop it is, uh, is a really scary, scary scenario.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, they, they they have at least some sort of cushion in the division, which is nice. But the baseball season's long. I, you and I have learned this before where we've seen, and you do more than me, you are I mean, I know you're the baseball nerd far more than me, but you, we've seen teams blow massive division leads far later in the season than where the Nats are right now. I, I, hope, I just hope that they don't get comfortable with that cushion that they have because you never know what's going to happen. And, yeah, some of it – can certainly be injuries, right? I mean, we're looking at this, and you, you see Trey Turner now going down. The Nats have dealt with other injuries throughout the season anyway. They've got a ridiculous—like, the bullpen, I don't even want to get into that. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it because I feel like it's the same conversation every week. Like, if you could just take, Tim, some—let's take some audio from what we talked about maybe a month ago with the bullpen and just plug it in when we get to that point, I think we'd be okay. We don't really need to do anything else with it, but, like, I—
1: have it's you seen the movie, just, real quickly on the bullpen, yeah. you, you've seen the movie Perfect Storm, right?
0: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. the concept like, is,
1: right, it was this, uh, you know, uh, m- there was this this crazy two storms were meeting and it was just this mega storm and George Clooney and Mark Wahlberg are going to get a lot of fish and they, they meet this mega storm and whatever. This bullpen has been a perfect storm of crap because yeah. you look at, the Learners, the reports coming out from, uh, from FanRag Sports that the Learners were unwilling to pay for Greg Holland. Then you also look at Mike Rizzo maybe not making the right moves and falling short and not getting David Robertson in, in, the, in the trade that brought Adam Eaton to town. So you got that going as well. Then you also, the Nats did go out and sign Joe Blanton, who was pretty good last year in a setup role for the Dodgers. And then you have guys who were solid last year in like Sean Kelly, And Blake Trinan and everything has gone wrong first off you didn't get the guys that you wanted then the guys you did bring in have regressed and the guys that were good last year have regressed as well so everything that could go wrong with this bullpen has gone wrong and oh by the way the one guy that seemed to be a promising piece to your bullpen Coda Glover now has a inflammation in his shoulder and we don't know how long He's going to be out, so it's just been a, a perfect storm of duty everywhere when it comes to duty. the bullpen.
0: Seriously, duty? duty. That's the best word you can come up with. Well, on, I didn't man. want to
1: curse. I mean, I could curse a, on this.
0: You're a you're a big boy. You can do more than that. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, like, like it's it is one of those things where I mean, you know, my philosophy on baseball. It's a long, long damn season, and I just can't get emotionally distraught over certain situations that happen in June or even July. Once we get past the all-star break, then I start to get a little more concerned about certain trends, because that's how you can, w- look, we know that the Nats bullpen is what it is. I, I think anybody would be crazy to suggest that suddenly they're going to pull this whole thing together. I have absolutely no confidence in it. They're going to have to do something to solidify it in, in-, in some way. Maybe K-Rod comes up and <laughs> suddenly becomes this great closer again. I-, I would not bet on it, that's for sure. But yeah, man, like th- th- I think the frustrating thing is, is as we read more and more about the What's going on in the front office and what's going on with ownership where they just set their priorities and money in certain spots, but not other spots. And you have to have a complete team to actually win a World Series. And if they want to win before this window closes, and it's not like it's closing yet. They've got a lot of young talent on this team, but the Bryce Harper window is a big one. And we know that there's there's a shelf life on this current situation, and they're going to have to sort of figure out if they want to invest that money now or just say, hey, we can keep – We'll do the Danny Ainge thing and just keep going long term and keep saying for the future, for the future. But at some point, the future plans have to become the present plan or you're just never going to accomplish anything.
1: Well, Bryce Harper and Chris Bryant one day will hit back-to-back home runs.
0: I saw that, according yeah. According no, Instagram. It's, I love, sh- you know I'm the biggest
1: Bryce Harper defender out there. That was a silly tweet or Instagram post or whatever. It, yeah. You're just yeah, You're yes. just trolling. Um, I'm telling you,
0: though, man, like, you know, this with social media. And I've always said this about LeBron James, like you're be- it, We all get involved in social media. It's 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 just it's a part of life. Now we have to get over the fact that it's you know, it exists and stop complaining about it and learn how to handle it. But man, if you're an athlete, you got to be real. You got to be really careful with the types of things that you put up. And if you do it on purpose then be sure that you're going to accept all of the backlash that's going to be there. Or pe- sometimes, let's be honest, some of these guys do it on purpose to troll. Like we know LeBron James loves to troll people on social media. There's other athletes that like to do it too. But you got to be careful, man. It, it can turn into something that really puts the rest of your team in a bad position as well. Because then they're asked about it, and then just like that's a distraction you don't need.
1: We haven't talked since the NBA draft, and uh, the great thing about you and I, are dynamic, is I like basketball, I like the NBA, I like drafts, but you are the NBA guy. I, you like baseball, and when the playoffs come around, you love yeah, watching yeah. it, but you don't like the minutia every day, and I do. So that's the great thing about our little relationship here is that we, uh, we're, you're my ying to ying and yang. Um, there you I go. I guess if that's a, a good way to compare. But <laughs> I, I just felt like... It was such a lazy narrative by people in Washington, D.C., to blast Ernie for this trade that was made. And everywhere else outside of Washington, D.C., Nick, it was applauded. Wow, you you got a, a capable backup point guard in Tim Frazier for the 52nd pick in the draft. Picks that are purchased by teams, and you instead were able to get an asset. People outside of D.C. were wondering, what the hell are the Pelicans doing? Why are they giving up on a guy like Tim Frazier? Not that he's an All Star, but he was a seven and five guy who started thirty six games last year. And now you trade the fifty second pick for him, uh, a pick that could be purchased for you know a million bucks or whatever. But the narrative in town, Nick, was that up oh, here we go again. They're punting on the NBA draft. And I know that you have a lot to say about this, but let's just look at the previous. Drafts and why they were so uh, disastrous in some people's minds. Well, another night off by Ernie. Thanks, Ernie. Well, last year the Wizards made a deadline deal to get Markeith Morris. gave up their first round pick, which was uh, which was a top ten protected. Ended up being boy, uh, Georgios Papagianis. So yeah, you love
0: saying you love saying that name. I do. <laughs> Would you prefer
1: to have? Markeith Morris on what is an incredibly team-friendly deal, or Georgios Papagiannis? Don't answer. I'll just let you think about that one. <laughs> Second-round pick in 2016 was given up because the Wizards traded up to get Kelly Oubre in 2015. You know what? You you Whatever. You, you can say that they should have kept that pick. 2015, by the way, they did draft – Aaron White, 49th overall, who has played exactly zero minutes in an NBA game, continues to stay overseas. This year, the Wizards traded their first-round pick to the Nets for Boyan Bogdanovich, and then they got Tim Frazier for the second-round pick this year. And, oh, by the way, according to a lot of reports, Nick, and you know this, but maybe our listeners don't, the Wizards were very interested in Florida forward Devin Robinson might have been that selection at 52, and instead they were able to sign him as an undrafted free agent. He will be playing with the Wizards in Las Vegas with the Summer League. I understand the venom that people have in D.C. for Ernie Grunfeld, and it is a different discussion for another day. Should he still have his job after all the issues that he's had and the ups and downs and the Andre Bloch extension, all that? However, he can make good moves, and this as a one-off was a great move, and I think people are so angry that he has been here and that Ted Leontes has given him this long leash that they're unwilling to recognize that the move that he made was a brilliant move, and a number of these trades that have quote-unquote been punting on the NBA draft have been smart moves to make, and for a franchise, Nick, that is not in rebuild, that is in win now, you would rather have Tim Frazier as a backup point guard, because you know that as a hole on your roster, then some random dude at 52 who probably wouldn't have even made the team.
0: You know, it's so funny. I've realized now that a lot of people will just listen to what – Whatever the common, whatever the easy narrative is, whatever the easy argument is, is that, well, I'm just going to have to go along with that because this person and this person has said it. And nobody ever goes back and, and looks at the big picture. Nobody looks at the big history. I wrote about this before. I think I wrote about it. It was on, it was on thefandc.com. It was one of the places I'm writing in. Like, everybody, look, there are, there are moves that Ernie Grunfeld has made that are bad. There's, there's no Agreed. question. Like, like, I think we know that when you brought in Mike Miller and Randy Foy, for that was not a good move. It backfired on them. But there have also been multiple opportunities for this team to succeed. And then it's been destroyed by players or bringing guns in the locker room, let's say, is one example, where then Ernie Grunfeld's had to essentially start this whole thing over again, this whole process again, all over. Look, if you're Ernie Grunfeld right now, you have built two separate playoff contending teams over the time that he's been there from a complete... Restart A complete start over. That's not easy for anybody to do once. Look at Phil Jackson in New York. The guy couldn't even get a team under 50 losses in his time that was there. Now, it wasn't as long as Ernie Grunfeld, but you have to look at the big picture with Ernie. He has made some bad moves. Jan Vesely was a terrible move. Fine. But everybody goes and looks at that draft, and they're like, he could have had Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard was drafted way after Jan Vesely. Vesely went 6th. Kawhi Leonard went 15th. There were a lot of teams. Oh, and by the way, the Pacers drafted Kawhi Leonard and then traded him to San Antonio. Klay Thompson, yeah. Clay, Clay Thompson got drafted after Jan Vesely, too. Guess what? Nobody knew who the hell Klay Thompson was coming out of Washington State at the time. He was a, a, he was a complete unknown. So you can look at that draft and say, well, these great guys went after Jan Vesely. Guess what? They weren't guys that were considered guaranteed locks. It was a draft that was kind of looked at as there's a lot of players here that could be good, could be really bad. It's boom or bust, so we're going to take a shot at the European guy. Yeah, was it a bad – did I like the pick from the beginning? No, because he couldn't shoot. He was just – he was basically a white version of Stroh Miles Swift where he could dunk – he would Darius Miles. He could dunk. He was athletic, but he couldn't shoot, and he didn't really have a lot of the other fundamentals that most of these European players that you draft are supposed to have. Fine. Making these moves, giving up first-round picks for proven talent that he's done the past couple of years – were the right moves. Now, this draft was a better draft than last year. There's no question. Markeith Morris was worth the pick. He's cheap. That's all established. Nobody should even argue whether that move was right or not. If you want to complain about the Boyan Bogdanovich trade if he leaves, I'll give you that, but let's remember that this team was looked at as a team that could beat the Cavs if they add more depth because the Cavs looked terrible at that point around the trade deadline. Remember, it was, what's wrong with the Cavs? What's wrong with the Cavs? They can't play defense. They have no chemistry. They're falling apart. The narrative was the Eastern Conference is more open than it's been in the past few years. Let's take advantage of it. They went and got a guy that did play well for them for a while off the bench, a scoring, shooting punch that they needed when they were – like, remember, the Wizards' bench was like the Nats' bullpen, where they couldn't find any answers to it whatsoever. The difference is – is that Ernie Grunfeld went out and found himself a closer, found himself a bullpen guy, and did help that bench for a long period of time. If he doesn't resign, okay, if it's too expensive, then you miss out on a first-round pick. But, man, look, like, you got to look back on what a lot of mid-first-round picks get you. The only real value to draft picks in the NBA is early lottery picks, and even those guys can be boom or bust. Like, it's great to stockpile picks if you're building long-term. The Sixers have done it. And looking like it's going to go in a very, very good direction for him. We know that Danny Ainge is a hoarder like those TV shows where he's just he's throwing trash in the corner and boxes. And he's like, we're going to save this for later. And, you know, I might need this lampshade and I might need this computer monitor. And we'll just save this in case we need it down the road to rebuild for our new house. That's fine. But if you're the Wizards in that situation, you took proven talent. You took guys that you knew what they were going to do. You knew what they were going to do on court. You knew who they were as a player. You knew what their skills, their assets were. It wasn't, well, we'll draft this guy and then develop him three years down the road. Like, we overvalue draft picks so much. If you're a team in a complete rebuild, fine. I get that because you're going to be getting high lottery picks most likely. If you're a team like the Wizards, you don't need – to necessarily have more Kelly Oubre's on that team, where it's going to take them years to develop and, to, and 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 get the fundamentals that they need. Take the guy that's already proven what he can do in the NBA. They were the right moves. I hope they don't lose Bogdanovich. That's what free agency is all about. It may be a really pricey thing to keep him, but you still have to look at the big picture with Grunfeld. And he's made some bad moves, yes, but he's also made some smart moves, especially with this current team versus the past I mean, I guess you want to say big three at that point. They don't really have a big three now, but I mean, you get the point. So,
1: yeah, I mean, I think in this league, more than any other, uh, proven talent is such a greater sign than the un- unknown. And and more often than not, you'd rather go with the proven commodity than the unknown. Uh, before we wrap things up, I gotta get your thoughts on the disaster that is the New York Knicks. Who are you? Uh, mad- do we have to. Yes, I don't we want do to. because it, it's we gotta get. From the Nick fan, look, I have been upset about it on on the morning show on SB Nation Radio. I have been so upset with Phil Jackson and you know him going on MSG and saying, well, you know, uh, any any possible you know anything's on the table. And I've never had anyone miss a exit meeting except Shaq did, and Phil was clearly a guy who didn't want this job. And uh, in the end, when I take a step back, he's a genius because. He was a part-time team president who thought his outdated offense would somehow work in a run-and-gun NBA nowadays, and he didn't show up to the NBA Combine because, well, my team doesn't have a pick. It's not how the game works. He didn't want to be a team president, but he had a moron owner who was born on third but thought he hit a triple, Jimmy Dolan, who loves the fact that, His band can play at Madison Square Garden on the night of the draft. Give him $60 million over three years, basically, because he picked up that option. And essentially what it breaks down to, Nick, he made 50 grand a day for being a part-time team president. So that's me, a guy who could care less about the New York Knicks. You're a Knicks fan. Go ahead.
0: Bill Jackson wanted to stay relevant more than actually do his job. That's really what it was all about. He got paid $12 million for what was essentially a hobby. He got to play around with the team and say, maybe I can do this. Maybe I can have fun with this little hobby of mine here and, and you know, be a team president and try to see if I can put something together. And let me also show everybody that, hey – Remember, I'm Phil Jackson, the triangle. Remember the triangle offense? Remember what I did back in the 90s with with the Bulls in the early 2000s with the Lakers? Well, the NBA is obviously exactly the same today. So I need to make sure that we still realize that all of this, this hooey that there is with this spreading the floor and the Warriors, well, that's just crap. I'm Phil Jackson, and what I need to do is show everybody that the triangle is what matters. The triangle is the ultimate offense in the NBA because I'm a genius, and nobody else knows what they're doing. So let me go and shove this down everyone's throats until I destroy a desperate franchise that all they want is relevancy. They don't even want a championship right now. Knicks fans just want to be relevant. They just want to be a fifth seed in the Eastern Conference. They just want to win some play. They just want to see the playoffs. Just smell them. You know, we can't go in the restaurant at all right now but we can't even smell it. It would be nice if you could just walk up to the door and just smell the steak sizzling on the grill in that really nice restaurant you wanna be a part of. We don't have to sit down right now. Just smell it. Just get a just be near it at this point. Bill Jackson never wanted this job. You offer a guy twelve million dollars to do something he doesn't really wanna do, he's gonna do it. He knows the money's guaranteed and he can half ass it. And then hey, if he gets fired, he still gets the money. It's a genius move for him. But the the amazing thing too, Tim, is that like one of Phil Jackson's greatest assets when he was a coach was being able to find common ground with players that had egos, that were big stars, that didn't get along with coaches before. He could find ways to get that common ground with players, and he completely destroyed—I mean, he put dynamite in his relationships with Chris Stapps, Porzingis, and Carmelo Anthony, and then he put C4, and then he dropped an atomic bomb on it. And just said, I'm going to destroy everything here. It was unbelievable the way that he handled this. And the arrogance of this guy, the thing that he could just trot in and play play games with this organization and pretend that it's a video game, it's a hobby, was just unbelievable. I'm so glad that they got rid of him. It should have been sooner. It's one of the rare times where James Dolan doesn't look like the bad guy. And I'm not a James Dolan fan at all. Most people aren't because he's an idiot. He's a terrible owner, at least basketball-wise. But the fact that this happened over this course of time where, my God, Tim, they lost 50 games every full season Phil Jackson was the team president. And they have nothing to show for this. I mean, at least they didn't trade away all their draft picks for other stars. I'm okay with that. But just bring somebody in that actually understands basketball. If it's David Griffin... If you have to get Sam Presti somehow from Oklahoma City, if you have to get Masai Ujiri, I don't care. Get one of them. Those guys are great basketball minds. And then get out of their way and let them do it. Oh, and by the way, free agents may actually want to go to New York now. Players didn't want to go to New York because of Phil Jackson. Think about that. I mean, this is the legendary coach, Phil Jackson. No players wanted to go there because of him by the end, because of the way that he treated Carmelo Anthony. Look, you can say whatever you want about Melo and whether or not the fact that he's a winner or a loser or what. He's well-respected around the NBA and really liked by a lot of players. And you insult him in the media and in the public eye like that, you're going to have a lot of players say, uh-uh, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go play for the Knicks. And it's already changed now where players like Jeff Teague, who's a free agent, apparently has a lot of interest in going to the Knicks, and he didn't before, and they could use a point guard. It may cost him something, but he's a good point guard. So it's already opened up new doors for this team, which is a nice thing to have. All
1: you have, All to, you know. have to know among Knicks fans and you're a Knicks fan and the how ruthless they are and we heard how mad they were about Carmelo about him not being a winner and he's all in for himself Carmelo me they made, he made Carmelo Anthony a sympathetic figure in New York that's all you have yep. to know about Phil Jackson <laughs> yes he did that's all yes, you have to he know did. he did amazing <laughs> that is amazing that's well done And uh, yep. but, but like I said and you know I like to to, to quote rappers all the time because I'm super yeah because that's you that's you <laughs> Don't hate the player, hate the game. Because Whoa. Phil Jackson played the game beautifully. He was That's a part-time true. team president and got $60 million at 71 years old. Man, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. He didn't do anything. He got $60 bucks.
0: And he can go hang out and walk around Malibu or his Montana ranch and mumble about the triangle to himself now.
1: Absolutely. Well, Nicholas, as always, a pleasure. And uh, when the baby comes... Uh, We'll let the world know.
0: Yes, I'm excited. I can't wait, man. I hope you have an eight-foot-tall baby.
1: (laughs) Until next time, we'll talk to you soon, folks.